We all know the damage that fires are capable of. What we don't always understand is the cause, behavior, and what to do in the aftermath of a fire. Today, you'll understand these aspects just a little bit more. Welcome to Speaking of Fire with Mike Schlattman and Donna Ingram. We will give you tips on fire prevention, how to deal with insurance matters, and more. Now, here are your hosts, Donna and Mike. Hello and welcome to Speaking of Fire. This is your host, Mike Slatman. I am honored to be a past president of the International Association of Arson Investigators. And I've been investigating fires since 1971 when I was a police detective. I've been working with um, the fire service um, exclusively almost, uh, um, teaching uh, with the international since 1979. My co-host, Donna Ingram, is not going to be here today. Uh, She skipped, uh, but we have three great guests uh, with us here. And I'm going to let them introduce themselves because uh, they know who they are. And uh, we're going to uh, talk about... um, we're going to talk about a tragic incident, a terrorist attack in uh, New York uh, the, um, uh, the, on uh, 9-11, uh, 2001, and when they hit the uh, World Trade Center. And so, but we're going to talk about it in a different way. Many, um, many uh, people from New York and surrounding areas have been on the air, but uh, not everybody from like the Midwest uh, have, has been on. And um, so we had an opportunity, uh, my company had an opportunity to go uh, and conduct an, an extensive investigation of a, of a tragic uh, fire in New York City where 13 people uh, ultimately lost their lives. And um, I took a team of 10 people there and we, we conducted the investigation. And uh, these are some of my people. And they have different backgrounds. So uh, first of all, we're going to talk. We'll we'll start with uh, with with Kevin Savage, who is a uh, an ex ATF agent. Uh, can you, uh, Kevin, uh, please tell the um, listeners uh, something about your background? Well, I was a police officer for city of Champaign, Illinois, for three or four years after serving in the military, and an ATF agent for twenty six years and uh, worked on the national response team with ATF. And so you, and you've been working with, uh, with this private outfit here. The yeah, fire here for about two years. About two years. Okay, and then we also have as a, as a guest, uh, Jarrett Love. And Jarrett, tell us something about you. Um, well, I started in the fire service right out of high school. Actually, I was in high school when I started as a volunteer firefighter in a small town where I was born and raised. Uh, Eventually got on full-time as a firefighter there, worked there for close to 13 years, and uh, moved to a bigger fire department uh, approximately nine years ago, and I've uh, been working um, with Mike for 17 years now. Yeah, so on the private side, so, and, and we appreciate your being here, and and now we also have Wally Ferguson. Wally is uh, is also a firefighter. Talk, talk to us about you, Wally. I started out my career as uh, on EMS uh, for about two and a half years, and I graduated from it to law enforcement. I did law enforcement both full and part-time for 22 years. Um, In between, uh, I became one of the local volunteer firefighters. In 2010, they sent me to fire investigation 
school, and I began here in 2011. All right, so you've so you've been doing private work too, right? For you. All right, thank you. <laughs> and okay, so uh, anyway, so uh, the reason I wanted to have this show is um, there were over so many firefighters killed um, in in uh, in this uh, terrible terrorist attack, and there were also many police officers killed. And you can see that we have different backgrounds coming into the private investigations world. Uh, I was a policeman. Uh, Kevin was a policeman, uh, and Wally was a policeman, and and uh, and Jared is uh, is a pure firefighter, um, and and all got into private investigations from that. So, um, when you have a massive attack or uh, uh, any kind of a large complex investigation, you're going to have multiple agencies working on it, both public and private, and uh, so. But what it what we're not talking about is we're not going to talk about the specifics of the of the investigation. What we're going to talk about is the emotional impact that the loss of over two thousand lives in the, in the in the towers themselves, and then all this, uh, the the um, the public service people um, had a, a terrible emotional effect on on people. But I wanted to know um, from people in the in the Midwest here. Um, how did it feel uh, to go, I think, the first time to, to Ground Zero and, uh, and also the museum, because we were able to do that. So we'll start with you, Kevin. We'll do the same as we, as we did before. We'll start off. Uh, you were an ATF agent. You spent a lot of time down on the border, I know, in Texas uh, yeah. for many years, and then, uh, then moved up to the Midwest, where you ended your career up here um, and retiring. And so... Was that the first time you'd been to to Ground Zero, or had you been there before? No, I'd uh, managed to not have to go to New York for my entire career. So it was actually my first time in New York, and obviously the first time at the memorial. Uh, it was kind of surreal, because as an ATF agent, we worked on the periphery of the investigation, and so a lot of the items that, you know, you go there to see, feel, and touch, You'd, you know, I'd seen pictures and uh, listened to interviews, but to actually go and actually see it, what you worked on, and see the, the magnitude of the destruction was, you know, beyond what you could imagine, uh, just by seeing it in pictures and reading about it on the internet or whatever. Yeah, and so we we were lucky enough to not only go to the exterior, the fountain area, which is for anyone who hasn't been there, it's a beautiful fountain. Um, it flows over the walls and and it goes into a large uh, um, cube-like um, area where the water goes down. But around the outside are uh, the names of the people that died uh, are engra- engraved in the in the stone, and so. Most of the people, a lot of people get to see that, uh, but they don't always get into the museum. And the museum is right there, and, and you have to have a certain time that you come with a group and things of that nature. And it costs money, of course, because you have to support it. But um, you went into the, you went into that um, museum. What, what struck you in there uh, the most, I, I guess, Kevin? I think the, uh, just the mass of the building itself, the remnants the uh, the size of the structural uh, uh, support girders mm-hmm. um, 
as an explosives, a past explosives uh, specialist. Uh, just imagining the the uh, the force that it must have taken to take down such a large structure mm-hmm. is incredible. Um, that's the one thing. That, that's the first thing that I that I noticed kind yeah. of a, as a professional way of looking at it. Right. So it's it's very difficult to to um, to render that kind of damage with a. Uh, with an explosive, it was. In my 15 years of handling explosives, I I don't know of anything that I have seen that would uh, penetrate that size of a, of a support structure. Yeah. Um, it's massive. Right. And, and uh, okay, so Jared, now you you come from it from your okay. Now Kevin was in. Uh, I know he came from the Midwest, and he spent a lot of time in the South, and then uh, back to the Midwest. But you've been in the Midwest all the t- all this time in in uh, in Missouri, right? Yep. Okay. So, what was your what was your impression when you first was this the first time you went to? It's the first uh, time I've ever been there. Okay. And so, what? Well, let's talk about the the fountain, and then talk about maybe the the uh, museum. Well, I can uh, I can remember the day it happened. I was guess I would be in my early 20s and uh, I just woke up and was getting ready to go on duty uh, at the fire department and out the corner of my eye I remember I just had the TV on and they were talking about possibly a cargo plane had hit the World Trade Center in New York and at that time I had no idea what the World Trade Center was I didn't even know where it was uh, and they were acting like it really wasn't that big of a deal um, I got to work. Uh, we started talking, and I asked some people at work if they had heard about the, uh, the airplane hitting the Trade Center, and nobody had. So we turned the TV on, and right as soon as we turned the TV on, ironically, was right when the second plane hit. Mm-hmm. And uh, just coming from a small town, you know, I, I never would have imagined um, any type of terrorist attack, not only on our mainland, but to that magnitude. Um, and I can remember we, we sat there all day. Uh, the day was really eerie. I remember that. It was really quiet. And uh, when the first tower fell, we it, it just all hit, it hit every one of us that several hundred people, we watched just watched seven, seven, several hundred people die. And uh, Did you think about the firefighters? That absolutely. Yeah, the that's, the, that's the first thing we thought of. Um, you know, we were getting reports hearing about people jumping out of windows and, and it was just, um, like I said, coming from a small town, not something you would ever think of. Uh, but just watching it unfold on TV, I can remember, uh, the ladder truck. I can't remember what number the ladder truck was, but, uh, we seen it at the, uh, seen it at the museum, ladder company three, ladder three. I, I can remember seeing that on TV and, uh. Just seeing it in real life, you know, up and close, um, was really eerie. And just, you know, uh, the actual museum part, seeing things that that belong to people that perished in the fire or in the in the collapse and the fires and and uh, you know the the big thing that's that's uh, kind of become a, a big issue is you know the cancer with firefighters and and at the end of the end of the tour seeing the the last section uh talking about the the health 
of those who responded to, to Ground Zero and what different health problems they have and different type of, of rare cancers that they're developing, um, which I was glad to see that that was brought up in there also. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, there's still people dying today from, from their... Uh from their being at that scene, and uh, which is tragic, also because there were collateral damage to uh, the initial uh, explosions. Um, Wally, you you uh, you also bring a perspective to to this. Uh, you've been a firefighter for uh, well, police officer and firefighter for a number of years in in uh, in small town America, right? Yes, I have. And so, is that the first time you've been in New York? Absolutely. That was the very first time. Yeah, and we were able to uh, to get that van and get everybody down to uh, to uh, um, to the uh, memorial. And uh, what do you think about the, like like the uh, like the fountain and the and the museum? The fountain was was neat. Um, supposedly that's where one of one of the buildings base was. Mm-hmm. The other fountain was the other building. Um, I know that you and Jared dropped us off and when we went in it was it was like kids in a candy store just trying to see all the different stuff um we kind of stayed together probably for 30 seconds <laughs> and then we just it was ever we were everywhere um uh, like Jarrett said seeing the the truck i think it was truck 21 and uh, ladder three was you know, we drive those trucks, uh, and we, you think that they're somewhat in, invincible, but... Well, and as far as for the people that haven't been there or don't know, and uh, kind of tell us what kind of damage there was to these these uh, uh, apparatus. If I remember right, on truck uh, 21, there was no cab. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was just basically the, the back two-thirds of the truck. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the ladder, off. the ladders were all bent. Mm. You know that that obviously there's some force falling from that high, but it was it was it got my attention. Yeah, no, that's and I would like to I'd like to know from uh, Kevin to all of you guys. Kevin, we'll start with you, Kevin. Oh, did you? Um, I know my daughter. Um, has been to New York before, and and she'd been to Ground Zero before, and I asked her if she was she wanted to go uh, with us to to this, and she said no. It was way too depressing for her. That um, that kind of emotion got her. Um, and you're you're a, a stoic uh, kind of a you know the federal agent uh, kind of a model of a federal agent kind of guy what 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 were you feeling i'm going to i'm going to do some psych, psychiatric evaluation here on you go ahead well just seeing the uh, the personal effects of firefighters uh, police officers um, just everyday people uh, bringing the the personal uh, into it um, reading about it and Seeing it on TV is very impersonal, um, but just to to stand there and watch the videos that you see on TV, but also looking at the personal effects of the people that were in those videos, mm-hmm. um, you know, they're just gone, and you know, some you know, just you know, gone, no closure for families and such. 
And, yeah. you know, you can see it on TV, but to actually sit there and look at it and almost touch it, um, it was very, it was, it was a surreal experience. Oh. What about you, Jared? So, so where did you come from with it? Did you come from it from a, I know you're a husband and a father, and um, you know, what 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 touched you about it? Uh, I think it's like Kevin, you know, is that big. I, I remember whenever they finally got all the debris cleared out and and seeing this massive hole in the ground where the two buildings used to stand, and and find out that that was actually the basement of the of the of the buildings that went down. I think seven eight floors. Mm-hmm. Um, when you realize that when you're in the museum, you're standing in that hole and seeing the um, the last column that they call it, I think they call it the last column, the last one that they brought out um, of the debris that had all the graffiti from from different uh, fire companies and police officers um, had left their mark on that, on that column. And to find out that where we seen it in the museum is exactly where it was during the during the attack and they replaced it back in that location um, and standing um, at the base of those collection pools of the memorial on the outside um, when we were told that the the uh, outlines of the, the metal square tubing that was in the concrete that that was the very base of the foundation of, of one of the towers and uh, just you know, I never thought I would see it in real life, and actually seeing it, uh, you didn't realize how big those buildings were, and not only wide, but you know, if the width of the building, then multiply that by I don't know how many tall, mm-hmm. and those guys had that much debris to go through to to try to find victims or or recover uh, people. So, yeah. Wally, what about you, my friend? What was the uh, what was the impact, emotional impact, or what did what struck you? Uh, I guess the hardest about this. Well, one of the one of the first things that we saw was that girder where one of the wings struck it. Um, mm-hmm. That caught it, and then it wasn't very far away. There was uh, part of the TV antenna, which is spire, is that they call them at the top? Of the- yeah, I mean how large that thing was and that's somewhat still intact it rode the rode it all the way down um it's uh, like kevin said all the personal effects whether it be the guy's gear or, uh stuff like that um i i did take a picture of uh, the flag that i believe was flying over one of the buildings they managed to hang on to it not that may have been the flag they, while they were doing the demo, they had uh, erected too, but mm-hmm. it is in there, and that's that was, I enjoyed seeing that. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, I think what, what hit me the most, um, I was lucky enough when I was president of the International to go to Israel, and when I went to Israel, there's a Holocaust museum there, and when you go through that, one of the uh, chambers is... Um, uh, has a, a one single candle, but it is re- 
reflected thousands of times. And what they do is they uh, there's a record they're they're reading the names of the children that were put to death in the Holocaust, and they will say a name, and then they'll say two years old or ten months old or three years old or something. It makes you cry. Okay, um, and the people I was with were two hardened. Um, police officers and so I end up like gibbering children crying at it. I think one of the things that hit me the most when we were there is the recordings of the last telephone calls uh, made from the towers to their loved ones and uh, that was devastating to me and um, and I know also and I and let's go let's talk about this for a minute this is a professional thing but um now, to talk to you, Jared, for a second. You heard the. You also. They were. Um, there was recordings of um, of actual dispatching, right? Of the of the trucks. So you want to talk about that? Some of the communications, the uh, back and forth, what they were saying to each other, stuff like that. Uh, yeah, I can. What I can remember is uh, it sounded like originally they didn't really know what was going on, and. Uh, the, uh, I don't know if it was the, the first arriving battalion chief or the first arriving engine company or ladder company, um, but when they started giving their, their size up and their report, I think everybody started to understand the magnitude of what was going on. And I, I think I can remember hearing somebody say, if there's any available units in the city, we need you here. So, and I don't know exactly how many units responded. I know there was a lot, but... Uh, you know, if it was that big of a deal that New York City needed every available hand on scene, um, I think they knew they knew that uh, it was going to be the outcome. Probably wasn't going to be very good. Well, they and they were running into the buildings. Let's tell the people what, what they were doing. They were actually going into the buildings and trying to rescue people, getting them out, right, uh, and surrounding buildings too. It wasn't just the World Trade Center buildings. Um, there were other other buildings too. They wanted to get people away from there. Um, I don't know if they, you know, intrinsically knew that there might be some other further incidents, some kind of collapse. I don't know. Nobody expected the the pancaking of uh, pancaking effect. I'll try and say that again. Uh, that that happened. Um, it, it was it was a surprise, and um, and it killed a lot of people, and it killed a lot of firefighters inside the building, and some escaped, and then eventually uh, died of uh, all of the. Uh, everything else that she, they had to ingest. Um, but uh, they were going, actually going into the buildings and, and, the, and the police were trying to, to help. And, and uh, they were, they lost uh, 300, I think. Uh, you lost, I don't know how many firefighters, do you remember? It was, I don't know, it was significant. Three over 300. Three over 300, yeah, I think. Yeah. Maybe the police only lost 300. But anyway. 343, yeah. Yeah, 343. What a lot of people don't understand, though, is when these firefighters entered the building, they didn't take the elevator to, to the to the high floors of, of the tower these guys carried fire hose all their gear had had their bunker gear on their scbas their helmets and uh which you could probably add another 75 to 100 pounds carrying on your back walking up all these flights of stairs trying to get people down the stairs as they're going up uh to try to reach the fire floor yeah, and let me tell you, I know that you guys do training. You're training a. Uh, you can't train time. for that many floors. <laughs> no, <laughs> you can't. No. In fact, the matter is, they have, even today, 
they uh, in in memorial to those guys they do the stair climb the stair climb absolutely and uh and and that's wow we have we have several individuals from our uh, from our department that uh, participate in that event every year which is a very good event yeah, how many how many floors is that? Do they have to. Do you know? I'm not for sure. I know it's a lot, way too many more than I can do. Yeah, and and you're a young guy. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I mean, well, so I would have been. Let's see, I could do two, you know, two and a half maybe, and then said they would have been carrying me out <laughs> anyway. So I don't know about XATF agents. I don't know how many they could do. Or not, but. Current ATF agent couldn't. Carry <laughs> anyway, but no matter what it, you're going for. Well, see, I know this is a this Abby subject. It is it is a, an emotional subject for all of us. But we want to continue talking about that um, and some of the things that you would see. What I'm what I'm trying to do uh, with this show is not only appreciate the the firefighters' lives that, that were lost and the police officers that were lost, but to tell people out here that every time an alarm comes out, the firefighters are risking their lives. So there's no such thing as a victimless crime of arson where, where somebody sets fire to some vacant building. It can kill people. And I want to get that across. And I, wanted, I want the prosecutors to hear me that we can help you prosecute these people. They, they need to be stopped or they will continue to burn things. And, um, and I want to also tell, um, tell everyone that how much we appreciate their, the uh, firefighters' uh, efforts every day and the police officers. So what we're going to do, and we're going to come back in, after uh, a break, and we're going to, when we come back, we're going to talk to, to Wally and, and, uh, and, and some more about some of the things that you would see if you went to, to Ground Zero, which I hope all of you do, and go into that, uh, to that particular museum. So when you come back, come back to Speaking of Fire. Making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Fire Consulting International provides consulting and expert fire origin and cause investigations. Our experienced, certified fire investigators have specialized skills to meet litigation requirements. We also provide peer review of reports for other investigative firms to assure they meet NFPA guidelines and ASTM standards. Educational classes and CEU classes are also provided. For professional investigations, contact Fire Consulting International at fcifire.com or call 913-262-5200. FireAnalysis.net offers cutting-edge, comprehensive programs unique to the insurance industry. Our vendor vetting assures regulatory compliance with the Sarbanes-Oxley Act, NFPA guidelines, and ASTM standards. We ensure that investigators' reports are in compliance with those standards. We also offer comprehensive programs to assure compliance with your company guidelines. Please contact FireAnalysis.net. That's FireAnalysis.net. 
Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Speaking of Fire with Mike Schlattman and Donna Ingram. To call in to today's show, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to connect at speakingoffire.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Speaking of Fire. Thank you for being there. Today we're talking about the uh, the tragic uh, 9-11 uh, incident and also the um, Ground Zero um, Memorial and and, um, and Museum. And I, you know what, I, I'm going to tell you guys, the reason I, you know, I, I had an opportunity to become a firefighter, but, you know, the problem with it was it's ladders. I don't do ladders, okay? I'm not going to do ladders. I can fall off ladders. And if I can fall off ladders, I know I can fall down steps. So I don't want to have to run up steps either. So that, I just wanted to let you know why I became a police. You'd rather get shot at. I'd rather, yeah. <laughs> I'd rather stop any, anybody with shotguns in a car than run into burning <laughs> buildings. You guys are crazy, okay? So anyway, so Wally, speaking of crazy people, let's come back to uh, you, Wally. Now, you you were in you went in there, and, and you saw some some stuff inside there tell 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 some of the people here that haven't been there what some of the things that are in there that you liked you know i saw a lot of the people that were in there i know that a lot of them had to be firefighters and families and and civilians Mm -hmm. and the emotions i think were pretty high in there you could you could tell um you could i think almost if not every news clip was available there and and the one thing I do want to say is that we don't want to forget about the Pentagon and uh, was it Flight 93? Yeah, yes. There, that's in there too. Uh, I think there was uh, some phone conversations maybe from the airplane from Flight 93. Um, and I, I, I don't remember. There's so many tapes that you, you know, and I know that we were only there a couple of hours. We probably could have spent another two hours easily. Uh, but I, I, I think most of it was seeing the news clips, which were probably the original news clips that I saw that day that brought back those emotions again. Right. And, and uh, I, I liked it, too, that they did a one they had one section about how the terrorists were educated, where they came from, bin Laden, uh, all of the, uh, how they were funded, all kinds of, of things that uh, that people are not really aware of. Or, I don't, a lot of people, I, I tell you what bothers me to this moment is George Bush started two wars and they're still going on. And uh, and people, it, now if you read anything about the, the war, in Afghanistan are, um, are, are the insurgency still, now in Syria and, and, and Iraq still, you, it's on the back page. It's, in the, it's way deep down, and, we're, and our people are still getting killed. And this comes from this original uh, area where, where, I mean, that was the most successful terrorist attack ever in this country. And we have done great things. Uh, and and uh, we've done great things since then. 
and and we've had we had good intelligence then, and um, they cherry picked their intelligence. It wasn't a failing of the intelligence community; it was cherry picking um, the information they wanted, just like they're going to do now. Um, and so, what I worry about. I worry about uh, this country going into some kind of malaise and forgetting our people in uniform and, uh, and forgetting that these things are still going on. So I, wanted to, I, want, I want to say that I'm glad you brought that up. The Pentagon got hit. That other plane was on the way to the White House. We know that. And, uh, and um, the, the heroic actions of, of the people on that flight, 93, uh, let's roll. Uh, let's let's not forget them and pray for them. So let's talk now about some of the things. Did you you saw people in there? Did you see anything that you thought was? Uh, I mean, you talked about the trucks already. I know I saw a firefighter helmet that was that was really uh, touching to me. It was me too. I saw one that was in two pieces. Uh, the brim was removed from the skull portion, the top rounded portion and I'm, I'm sure that was from just debris falling on it mm-hmm. um, they actually figured out who it belonged to and that that was kind of neat and uh, I mean you could he survives that was yeah. the good part yeah mm-hmm. um, and then there's others that were just pancake they came back to some form but it's not the proper form mm-hmm. there was a picture of a, of a priest being carried out He's dead. You remember that? Yeah, I do. I think there was a, uh, if I read one of the things right, I think the FBI or somebody had an office in that building. And some of those Office of Emergency Management. Yeah, and those guys were put into action. They were carrying people out. That's some of the photos that you saw. Yeah, I think the priest was a chaplain of the fire department hmm. and responded, you know, off-duty, responded to... Um, to help and it was uh, was killed, and so um, there's a lot of heroes there. Uh, you you have to you have to look at some of these people and the people that were in the buildings were, I mean they tried to help each other. There's heroic uh, people in the, inside the building too. Uh, Kevin, did, when you were you were in the ATF, I know that they had a uh, an investigation also going, and we're not going to talk about the particulars of that, of course. But, uh, I mean, your response from all the federal agencies were there, weren't they? Everybody was there. I, I remember that morning I got a phone call because I wasn't aware of it. Got a phone call from a friend, and he says, are you, are you packing your bag? And I said, for what? And then, turned, like Jerry said earlier, turned on the TV just about the time the second plane hit. And I did start packing my bag because I knew I was going to be, you know, on the road or flying out. Uh probably that day, like just about everybody else thought. But then they grounded all air travel mm-hmm. and wound up not being able to go, uh, you know, up there to help. Um, you know, I, like Wally said, when we were down there, and you could hear a pin drop from anywhere in that entire structure, which is massive. And, you know, it was like people were either reading or watching the original videos and like it was like the first time they were experiencing it uh the looks on their faces um either it was the first time maybe they'd seen some of this stuff or they were they were reliving it 
and I was doing the same thing. I can remember exactly what I was doing all day that day mm-hmm. and uh, frustrated that we was not able to get up there like everybody else that was in the area that was drivable could go and did go. And just like all the firefighters uh, and EMS people in that area of the country drove um, to get there. Yeah, um, you know, I, I agree with you. And because I, I thought of it as like a like a church with um, at a time of a funeral. I mean, some of the little kids were even quiet, you know, and it was something. Um, and and people hushed tones and and pointing at things and being quiet, not saying much, just staring at things. And so it it, it might it might seem um, during this show that it's it's an emotional show, but it might seem depressing. It is uh, emotional, and I guess it's depressing if, if you let it get to you. You know, you have to agree to be depressed about things, uh, just like you have to be agree to be angry or agree to be happy. Um, but you, this can be an enriching experience, I think. And um, and I'm hoping that uh, that people will go. Uh, one of the things that I saw that I thought was. <laughs> unusual was there is a there's one of the girders that is totally and completely twisted into a horseshoe shape yeah. do you remember seeing that that was impressive that was quite impressive but now that of course was from you know the heat and the and the collapse and it and it just but it bent it into a horseshoe shape did there's i i don't know that we have uh, any kind of equipment uh that can do that I mean, uh, I mean, intentionally bend that kind of a girder like that. Um, I guess, I guess, nuclear fission might do it. I don't know. So, uh, but uh, that was that was some of the things that you saw. You saw the footprints of the original, uh, where the original girders were placed. They, the, the underground uh, squares where they that these supports were there. And one of the things that I thought was interesting was the the cross. The girder cross, where that had the uh, the two arms of the uh, of still attached, and it looked like a cross. And I took a photograph. No, I didn't get to take a photograph. That was in the that was in the uh, place where you couldn't take photographs. There, there is a section where they don't allow you to get take photographs. Uh, one of my people uh, took a photograph and got chastised. You see, and. Uh, didn't you, Wally? I did. <laughs> and it was taking a picture of uh, Truck 21. And, you know, I saw no signs as we went through. And uh-huh. there's other people taking photographs. So, I mean, when in Rome, do as the Romans. Uh, but I really wanted a picture of 21. And, and by golly, uh, when he slapped my hand, it, there was a sign right there. And <laughs> I abided by the rules and put it away. Yes, you did. And thank you very much. You didn't have that photo, do you, though? It didn't come out. Yeah, it was very dark Yes, uh, for, for a photo. Okay, too bad. That's too bad. Because if you got your, if you got chastised, you, know, you should have at least something. For yeah, that. something to show for it. Oh, I, I, that happened to me at, in, um, in, in London, in think Westminster Abbey I was taking a picture for this for one of my friends that was outside that didn't want to pay the money to go in and I got uh, kind of a priest kind of told me don't do that because you know know, I wanted some of those memories yeah sure Uh, and I 
I didn't feel, you know, I'm not taking it to publish it or anything. I just. Uh-huh. Well, you, well you, they sell those books there. Oh, by the way, let's not forget that there is a there is a gift shop there. And, uh, and you know, I bought a couple of things and, you know, go there and get some memories of, uh, of uh, the uh, your visit there. Um, and uh, Jared, I, you saw anything else that you saw in there that you, you thought was interesting? Yeah, I can't remember what they referred to it as, but it was a, it was a, um, it had its own little showcase box of its own that was a conglomeration of metal and concrete and screws and bolts and, and uh, just the heat from that fire turned everything to almost a stone. Mm -hmm. And it looked like, almost looked like something that, kind of like a meteor Mm-hmm. Type. I was say it looked like something came out of the, out yeah. of the orbit. Yeah, and uh, they were talking about that, that was the biggest problem that they had during the rescue, or not just rescue, but the the recovery and and the the uh, cleanup was all that uh, rebar and and everything was just fused together. Everything was fused together, and they were having trouble. Uh, they were, you know, uh, just a uh, a big round ball of it weighed a ton. So they had to take it out and take them out in little pieces. Wow. I thought, uh, just you know, the heat that would have caused that to happen is unbelievable. Yeah, and you know, I I, I saw that thing, and they have in there that's that that's that uh, that stairway, the stairway that had it suffered so, and that was an adjacent building when they had a collapse, and uh, it even had a little bit of an overhang over it, but it still was so badly damaged. It, it looked like a well, it looked like a Roman ruin or mm-hmm. something, yep. or, or, or where it was all broken, and, and you could tell it was a stairway, and people had escaped out of that stairway, and it was from the collapse that it had broken every, uh, all the, uh, you know, all the all the stairs. Um, the the amount of vehicles, of of uh, responders, first responders, they had doors of uh, of police cars. They had uh, they had mashed uh, squash, squashed units of uh, of, um, of fire apparatus. Uh, you can only imagine uh, with that amount of tonnage coming down, uh, anything that was below was going to be um, decimated. And uh, and I and you know I think uh, I think that. I think well. We've recently, what was in the last couple of years, we we lost a couple of firefighters in uh, in downtown Kansas City, and from a wall falling on them. Uh, now a wall is a certain amount of it's a certain height, and it, and it's brick, and it and it causes severe damage. But it isn't anything like the amount of tonnage that comes down on uh, when in this kind of a collapse. Um, so. Um, Kevin, I'm going to ask each one of you this. I'm going to, I'm going to start with you, so that this is a total surprise. So, um, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, what do you What do you think? You What's the major thing you you took away from from this visit? I I think. Do you think? Well, I go back to again. Wally originally said it. The the the, the people, and wondering what those people were thinking, and if, if they were family members of law enforcement or firefighters, and how what their perspective was while they were sitting there experiencing that as a somebody in law enforcement you know i was looking at radios and badges and things that you know there used to be 
you know, that belonged to somebody, that was assigned to somebody that day, and it's highly likely that that person didn't survive that day. Um, and, you know, police officers and firefighters will go to that memorial and see and experience and feel different things uh, than the average citizen probably probably will. Um, so, yeah, I'm just curious what the average citizen's perspective was as they go through uh, that place. Yeah, I, I know that many people are, I mean, there were many civilians there, that, and but I mean, I, you could tell that they were uh, very interested in, and uh, respectful. Um, I imagine that, I, I know a lot of people got touched. So what about you, Jarrett? What do you think you're going to take away from this experience? I think it showed me just really how small I am, you know, as far as these people, it, no matter how bad of a day I think I'm having, I don't think it could get any worse than experiencing that firsthand. You know, it's where uh, I, I'd like to think that, you know, whenever I'm going through something tough or having a bad day, you know, I can I can always realize how good I had it in Missouri on September 11, 2001, as opposed to those people. So mm-hmm. that was one of the biggest things I've I took out of it. I think that's that's a really nice perspective, uh, and uh, and it does give you admiration, does it not, for the uh, for the tremendous job that the firefighters do in every day in, in uh, high rise situations uh, of firefighting, and and uh, and not, hopefully we'll never have another thing like this. But uh, still, uh, they have to they've, they've got challenges. Absolutely, and I I don't think. Uh, the city of New York is as great a fire department as that department is, probably the best in the country. I don't think any of them had ever trained on an airplane hitting the World Trade Center, you know. So um, they were they were kind of going at this one blind, um, and uh, unfortunately, it uh, it didn't end that well. But uh, like you said earlier, I mean, there's there's things in place now that hopefully will keep that from ever happening again. Yeah, well, I hope so. How about you, Wally? What do you, what do you take out of it, or what are you going to c- carry with you on this? Well, I was glad that I went. I was glad that I went to it. It, it Maybe it gives me a little closure. It does let me see everybody else, as far as people you don't know, how they viewed it. Um, I do want to say one thing is our department, they don't do it every year, but on 9-11, uh, generally about, I think it's 9.20-something our time, uh, they'll have a memorial, a pastor will be there, and uh, generally all of our guys will have a lanyard with one of the photos of a firefighter that perished, and the public will come. And that's, it's kind of neat to, to be able to remember them with the public around, um, yeah. Well, I think I think if, if it, our listeners hear, uh, prayers work. Okay. So let's pray for the um, families of the survivors um, and uh, and uh, and the deceased, um, because we cannot forget that there are still firefighters, police officers, and other people still fighting uh, this from this event, fighting cancers. Uh, lung disease, all kinds of things that, that, that came as an outgrowth of this. So um, they could use our prayers and uh, any support that we can give them. Um, 
money doesn't mean anything. Uh, money doesn't mean anything, but they still need. Uh, people lost their their parents, their their um, uh, children, um, and and some. And I know there's been some money that has been given. Um, and I'm not denigrating that. I think I think that money that goes to to help them is is still fine, and you should you should look for ways to support them financially. However, um, I also think that you should support them uh, um, emotionally. And and since I'm a believer in prayer, I say you should pray for them too. Um, and uh, so. In the future, I, I think a lot of firefighters and fire investigators um, have learned a lot. Um, I, I don't know exactly what kind of um, uh, programs are put in, into effect now in New York City about uh, a possible future events, but I'm sure there are some. I'm sure some training is, is being um done in different cities uh, throughout the country about high-rise uh, fires and incidents. Uh, but, uh, you know, on the private side, our investigators, uh, what we're always striving to do is identify fire setters, identify people that are bombers, uh, identify, uh, and I know the intelligence agencies and, and ATF and FBI and, and, uh, and CIA, of course, um, are all looking at uh, at possible terrorist stuff. So, Kevin, uh, we're going to go around to each person. Um, anything that you'd like to add to this discussion today or anything you'd like to tell the general public on, uh, you know, in, about, uh, oh, about anything in the future, including if you see something, say something or something. Well, I, apathy um, comes to mind. It's, you know, I think the average person doesn't give a uh, thought to the firefighters and the police officers and uh, our military and our intelligence um, apparatus in the country that train and uh, work every single day uh, to either prevent something like this happening again or responding or training to respond to something like this happening again that Every time you see a police officer, you see a firefighter, um, that's what they do every day is train and prepare. And I just hope that people understand that um, when they when they see uh, a person in uniform. Well, thank you. How about you, Jared? You got, uh, you got Mine, something? Mine's probably more on the lighter side. And, um, I don't know if you, you, you were with us, but Mike and Kevin and I, we got to the airport when we were coming home at LaGuardia, and uh, we had the opportunity to actually stop and talk to a gentleman we just thought worked for Delta Airlines, yeah. and he ended up being a police officer in New York, and he was actually at the World Trade Center uh, right after the attack happened, uh, and we got to talk to him for a little bit, and uh, we noticed that our line that uh, we were supposed to go through for security uh, was pretty long, and I think Mike or Kevin said, "Well, we we should probably get in line. You know, we're we're going to be there for a while." He said, "No, nope, you're not standing in that line." He went over and tapped the guy on the shoulder. We walked right by everybody in line, went to the front of the line of security. So, yeah, well, we we yeah, <laughs> well, I guess I don't know. You may have gave him money. I don't. Know. I didn't give him any money. I certainly, I, I think he he realized that we were both we were uh, investigators and, and yeah, he, had, he he found out we were firemen. And and firefighters uh, too. That's right. 
firefighter investigators. That's right. And and, uh, and and how about you, Wally? What are you going to walk away with here or want to, want to say? You know, I want to go back to something Jared brought up. But, you know, I can still envision when the towers started coming down, that massive dust cloud that came out. Mm-hmm. And there was nothing good that could come out of breathing that, mm-hmm. and which brings me back to how the... You know, the firefighters, uh, even us investigators, we need to wash our stuff in an in- extractor. Uh, why get cancer? Yeah, that's right. That's right. So let's take a, let's be proactive in, in protecting ourselves, right? And uh, protecting the firefighters and, and policemen. And let's, uh, let's, um, let's, uh, well, how about this? What if we say thank you? Ha! Every once in a while. Mm-hmm. To to these people, and how about we respect them? They've got a job to do. How about every time you see a cop, you don't you just don't say, "Well, he's got to give you a ticket," or "I only see him when things are bad." Or how about when they're a firefighter? If you realize that every time they roll out of that station, that they risk their lives for you. How about that? Um, how about not starting that fire? Let's be a little bit careful with the with the things we do. Uh, with uh, with all kinds of fire setting, whether it's burning leaves or, or barbecue pits or putting your electrical space heater too close to the bed. Let's think about what we're doing. Okay, folks. Now, this is totally against interest for me. I'm a <laughs> private investigator. I don't want to investigate fires, but I don't want to see so many of them. How about that? So, okay. So, this is what we're going to do. Next week, hopefully, we're going to have a great show about industrial uh, security and what do these what do these um, large plants uh, do to stop fires and how do they investigate them once that that happens? We have a a very good uh, guy that I met at an expert witness testimony program and he is uh, with Honda North America and Honda and hopefully he'll be on our um, our Honda North America maybe he'll be on our show next week. Failing that, we're going to have um, a uh, uh, New Jersey uh, arson unit person on. So one of the two is going to happen. I wish I knew which one first because they have to confirm. So uh, when you come back, please come back to Speaking of Fire. Thank you for tuning into Speaking of Fire. Please join your hosts, Mike Schlattman and Donna Ingram, for another edition of our program next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember to be careful this week and every week.